Can you hear me all Can right? you hear me? It's just what's awesome. Either my internet. Oh, it's mine. Fuck. What size shoes do you wear? What size shoes? I'm like a 10 and a half. Mm. Welcome back to What the Hell Do I Do Now? I'm your host, Genevieve Henderson, and I am so excited that you've tuned in. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, send it to your friends and family, anyone who resonates with the things we talk about. So, here we go, y'all. Hope you enjoy. Hey, how's it going? And how are you? Good. Thank you for sitting down with me. How like, long have you been on this podcast? Probably, I think 2021, mid 2021, I started and I'm in grad school right now. And so I was, I'm getting my master's in mental health counseling and I was debating wow. between um, doing a exam. Like we have a comprehensive exam at the end or uh, you can do a thesis. And so I was like, oh, I'll do a thesis. Like I really want to get either a PsyD or a PhD. And so I started my thesis and I started school right when COVID happened and I couldn't get a hold of any faculty. And so I got to a point where I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, And so I ended up just record, like interviewing people, but recording it. And I'll just put it into a podcast and kind of snowballed. It's fun. You have one yeah, too. No, it, yes, I do. So I actually haven't, um, like I haven't really, we haven't been working on it, quote unquote, in a while because so how that kind of happened was when I, and what we can probably get into this, my transition into kind of what I'm doing now, but we started um, this podcast because it was another trainer who I worked with, who we both just like found ourselves talking all the time, just love to talk just about different things going on. And we just were like, Hey, why don't we just turn this kind of into a podcast? So we took kind of like a long route to really go about it and like really like create it and create a brand and create all this stuff, which was a ton of work. But we both were at a point with our personal training schedules that weren't super busy. So we had a lot of freedom for us to meet like all the time every day to get it set up. So we were able to get like, like have someone work fully on like the brand development, like have someone work on how we're going to get onto certain platforms, like or have, have a someone who could keep us on track for every podcast, like episode we're going to do, like what topics, this and that. So we did a lot of that stuff in the forefront and it worked out great. Like we had our first season and it, it was awesome. We had like 12 episodes. We had a bunch of different interview guests. We had just episodes with just us talking, but we loved it. We enjoyed doing it, but we realized to sustain it and to keep it going is its own its own business fully. And so we still enjoy it. We still want to keep it going. Um, I'm glad that we had it set up in a way that was all seasons based. So like we didn't have this pressure on us to have to feel like we had to put a new episode out all the time. But another way we, we did it was we just kind of outlined and planned 12 episodes in a season, knocked those all out. And now it's kind of up to us to figure out when we kind of want to get it going again for season two. But right now we're just, which is good, very busy with our own training schedules and our own businesses personally, that we we're kind of trying to view it now more as like a passion project and something that we enjoy yeah. doing, putting good value out. But at the same point, like it's not like trying to build up and run two businesses at the same time. So, yeah, it's yeah. like a fun thing. And then you realize, like, oh, shit, this is people's full time job. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This and they is have a what lot people do. Involved. Are you yeah. the only one that does everything or do you have anyone else helping you? I'm the only one. <laughs> Just wow. me. Wow. So, yeah. 
I just started it. Um, it was honestly peak COVID and I was so like, I had so much time and I had just moved away from Charleston. And so all my friends, like when I, when I left, a lot of us left at the same time. And so it was another way to connect to people that I like hadn't seen in a while. And then it really started to kind of snowball. And then I was like, shit, well, I don't, I don't have any like branding. I have no idea what that even like now I'm kind of aware, but like, I had no idea how any of that worked. And I was just kind of, it would take me hours to edit and hours to like figure out how to post anything. And then I finally got like a schedule. And then once school picked up, it was like batching different interviews and recordings and then posting them. But I didn't do seasons, which sucks. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. suck, but feel the pressure, it definitely. Like, with it. Yeah. yeah. And I think the fact that you were kind of doing it all yourself is crazy. Cause like for us, like we had, so we had a sound engineer who like had a studio that we were able to get into. So we were able to go into their studio and like kind of record. And so the quality of it was very good. Um, and they did all the editing and clipping. So like they basically is... sent us the audio file. I know it's like a tease. That's yeah. amazing. That's like, well, and I guess I've learned a lot and I actually, um, I work, I work at a gym as well, but the, there was a guy that came in one day and he's a music producer and he was like, you can come into the studio. Like, I'll show you this and this and this. And um, he downloaded all this software on my computer. So I used that for a little bit, but then it's just another like thing. thing to do. And then yeah. I lost his password. And so I can't get it. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> so yeah. that one's on me. That, just like with anything with starting a business, a lot of it is just kind of trial and error. And just taking action and just doing things and see what happens. Like, it's actually funny because I even had, we went through this whole thing for marketing and everything. And I have like in my book bag now, I have like a hundred different masks oh, awesome. with our podcast, the Instagram handle and everything. And I'm like, I haven't even passed these out or done anything with them. I haven't had time. So I just spent all this money getting these stickers and stuff and haven't really done anything with it. But I think at this stage in life where we're at. I think just the fact that we have these kind of entrepreneurial minds and what we're doing, I think is just going to serve us well in the long run. So, yeah, exactly. And like, I'm sure you've met so many people, you learned something new. It's like another way to be creative, which has been nice. And I finally made like an Instagram, you know, just chat along. So, yeah, well, you're doing yeah. good. Keep it up. Thanks. You too. Well, let's dive in. I'm excited. So, so, so Hunter, give us a little background. Obviously, now you're living in Charleston. We never, yeah. I don't think we lived in Charleston at the same time. You played lacrosse, your background with that, and then how you got to Charleston and where you're at now. Yeah. So I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and then I went away to school for lacrosse. I went to school up in Connecticut, Quinnipiac University, which I'm sure a lot of people, unless you're from the Northeast, <laughs> don't really like have never heard of. Heck, I honestly didn't even really hear about it until like pretty soon before I actually committed there. It was kind of a, a quick process, but I, um, Went up there, played lacrosse for four years, uh, had a crazy experience that we can get into just with, you know, dealt with some, we had some like hazing allegations when I first showed up. So we had like problems with that. And then we had two, uh, two years that were canceled because of COVID. When COVID hit, yeah. I had like two times halfway through the season that we were just done. Um, like even like the last time I remember the last time I ever like had my helmet on and was playing like I didn't know it was going to be my last time it was after a practice we were expecting to have another practice and then we just got like the cancellation so all the years of accumulation of of lacrosse and and working to get to where we're at and it was just done just like that and I think that taught me kind of a lot but just to wrap up that kind of the background a little bit so I ended up 
my family moved down to Charleston when I was away at school. So when I went away to Quinnipiac, my family moved down to Charleston. So I saw, I have two siblings, well, three siblings, two brothers and a sister who still live here in Charleston. My two brothers are in college right now, but my sister still goes to Wando. Uh, so my family's here. I was coming back in the summers um, for about like four or five years, like when I was away at college, which was awesome because coming to Charleston, not living there, it felt like vacation it's every summer I was best. coming here. <laughs> Yeah. So I did that when I graduated from Quinnipiac, I knew that I wanted to be back in Charleston, or at least during the start of it. Um, And with kind of COVID and with everything going on, like I had some opportunities, different jobs and internships that were canceled due to COVID. So when I, gra when I graduated and came down here, I actually got myself into a finance job. I was working at Northwestern Mutual and thought that I was going to be going down the route of becoming a financial advisor. I think a lot of it just kind of like sounded sexy. Like I was like, yeah. I could... You, know, you got your own like, hours. Got my you own wear hours. nice clothes. Yeah, I could walk around and tell people like, yeah, I'm in finance. And I thought it was kind of going to be a, a cool a cool thing that I thought I could do really well at just because I had experience in the past with selling and just being very conversational and talking with people. I knew that like with some hard work, I thought I could progress pretty quickly and kind of really like solidify a position in that industry. Um, but I got to the point where I just started to realize that I just didn't enjoy what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think, and I think we'll refer a lot to kind of COVID and the pandemic and what that caused, because I think for creators like ourselves and what we're doing, it's shifted a lot of different things. It shifted a lot of different perspectives that we had on what we're doing right now. And like, you know, is my current job even going to be maybe available in a few years? Like there were so many different things that were up in the air that we didn't know. So I just remember, I'll never forget it. It was like one morning where I woke up and I was thinking about it for a while that I wasn't too happy, but I was like, if you just make money, then you can take that money and do what, do what you want and then you'll be happy. But I realized I was like, so many people work for their entire lives for like that retirement and that's never promised or guaranteed. And I'm like, you spend the majority of your life working, you might as well do it doing something you love. And so when COVID kind of happened, the whole the whole reason that the fitness thing kind of be, became a thing was when COVID happened up in Connecticut, when I was at school, I was working with a lot of other athletes and people on my team and stuff, just like writing programs for them, taking them to the local gym and just training there because we weren't able to get into our facilities. And it just kind of the opportunity almost presented itself to me just based on the circumstances that we were in. So it was something that I was always passionate about and something I enjoyed and loved because for me, growing up, I was actually, I had the the skills in terms of lacrosse because I grew up with a father who played at a very high level. And locally in the South, lacrosse wasn't as predominant of a sport. It wasn't a hotbed area like a lot of the Northeast. So I was able to find success pretty early on because there wasn't that many kids playing. So for me, I my skills and stuff in lacrosse were at a pretty good level, but my athleticism was not at all. I was honestly, very overweight, out of shape, and knew that I could get away with some things right now, but it wasn't going to afford me the opportunity to continue to play at the next level. Uh, so I'll kind of never forget my uncle, actually, who started to just expose me to some new things. He actually was sharing some podcasts. Um, he, you know, brought me with him to the gym a few times. And I had a couple different things that allowed me to kind of really start to change the way that I look and felt. And then once I started to train and started to see how what I ate affected not only the way I looked, but the way I performed on the field, I started to really kind of have this just this deep passion 
because I saw the transformation. And I think that kind of leads into now, like with me training my clients, I kind of can put myself in their shoes and understand kind of where they want to go, where they're at now, but also understanding that like the little victories, the little wins, the the difference in just how you feel, how you look, how you perform, all that just continues to add to the, the motivation so you can continue to change. So for me, that was always something, but it was never anything I thought I could make a career out of. Obviously, like a lot of people who I'm sure probably assume the same thing. When I was thinking about careers within fitness or personal training, my only image in my head was kind of like, you know, the meathead lifter from your high school who like all he does is work out and like goes to the local box gym. And like, that's all he knows is like how to work out. So he just goes there and counter reps for people. And so for me, I didn't really realize how much potential or opportunity was in this industry. I was working with some people up in Connecticut when COVID and everything hit. And then when I ended up starting to work in this finance job, I realized that it wasn't something that I was passionate about, something that I knew wasn't going to sustain me for a while. And so I remember waking up one morning and literally getting dressed, ready to go to work, go drive to the office. And for some reason, I had this, this freedom that I never felt before because like in college, a lot of the times you have like your coach and you have someone that like, if you don't show up to practice because you don't want to do it, like you're going to, there's going to be some punishment, I guess, for that or some consequences. But for me, I kind of realized I was like, I, other than obviously my boss at the job I was at, I was like, nobody is really telling me that I have to do this. And it was like kind of this first like feeling of freedom that I had. And I'll never forget driving to work. And like, I actually could go right and go to the office or I could go left and go back up to my, like my parents' place. And so I, like a little kid, like took a left and just went straight to my parents' place. See and I, walk in, I walk in and my mom, I'm all dressed up to go into work. My mom's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be at the office right now. And now luckily because of COVID, there were some rules such as like, you didn't have to go into the office all the time. You could work from home and stuff. So I kind of just made the decision. I said, mom, I said, this is not, this is not what I want to do. I was like, I'm not, I don't enjoy it. And I know that I can make a lot of money, but I know there's so many millions of ways to make money nowadays. When that happened, I had nothing, there was nothing but support for my family, which, which made the transition a lot easier. I know some people, when they make big life changes like that, don't always have the support of some people around them. So for me, I am really grateful that I had a lot of my family members that were like, Hunter, like we saw that coming from a mom. <laughs> way like we knew that you weren't gonna last doing that like you tried to play the part and you were good at it but at the same point it's like we knew that wasn't gonna sustain you for a while when that happened I ended up just telling my boss I said hey like I'm sorry but this just you know this just doesn't do it for me like I just the guy who brought me in for this position he was actually the guy that ran the whole office so he asked me to do this and he's like I think you'd be really good at it etc and I just told him when I said, listen, I'm sorry, but like, I may be making a mistake because he told me he's like, if it's if money right now is the problem, because he thought that there was a chance that I just wasn't making enough money in the short term. So that's why I wanted to leave. He was even offering me some other money that would come out of his personal pocket just to be able to let me continue doing it. And I said, I know, I said, no, that's not really the issue. It's more about having that purpose and that why every time I wake up and like, I needed to have something that was going to wake me up and, and give me the motivation to get out of bed and pursue what I loved. And up to that point, the only thing I knew that I really, really loved was, you know, working out, exercising, taking care of my health, but also people. And I knew that I loved working with people. And I knew that I loved seeing the change that I could hopefully be a part of in other people. So for me, when that happened, it, this goes to show how amazing a kind of the social media world is now too. I remember following a few people within the Charleston fitness scene on Instagram. 
And one day there was this guy named Dylan who was crushing it on Instagram, just in terms of, you know, how to, he had a good amount of followers, but very good engagement. Like I could tell that he was like, loved what he was doing. So I DM'd him and I said, Hey, like, I would love to take you out and get you coffee one day. And I I'd love, love to- a DM. <laughs> I'd love to just pick your brain on like what you know and and I'd love to get into this industry. I'll never forget he told me to show up at this place. Have you been to have you heard of Kudu? Kudu Coffee on King Street? I love Kudu. Oh, he he told me to show up to Kudu Coffee and he told me to bring a piece of paper and write down three reasons why I want to be in the industry. And it was pretty cool because I didn't really expect him to like say that. And so I wrote it down, I showed up and he started to point me in the right direction. Um, as I'm sure you know, like within Charleston, there, there are a lot of different options for training. So I went over, um, looked at Hilo, looked at Ethos, looked at a lot of these, a lot of these places. And for me, I knew that because I didn't have a degree within like kinesiology or biology, I knew that I needed to learn how to become a better trainer. Now I had my own experiences and I guess I knew enough than the more than the average person. So I was able to get people like results. However, I knew I need to learn way more if I want to fully make a profession out of it. And so he actually pointed me in the direction of this gym where I'm at now, and it's called Fast. It's on Meeting Street, and it's a performance facility. So we train like a lot of a lot of athletes, but we also offer um, adult fitness classes and private training as well. Now, it may not be like on the outside as glamorous as like some of these other places. And I still had to consider things such as like, okay, I could go to these other gyms that might have more amenities and this and that be around other people and really grow my brand really quick. But at the same point, I knew that the actual knowledge of becoming a better trainer, I probably wouldn't have learned as much as I am now at the place that I'm at. I chose to go to this gym because the gym that I'm at now fast, because I knew that the owner had a vested interest in me and my development as a trainer. And I could just learn a lot from watching him and witnessing him train other people as well. So for me, there was a lot of different things to consider. Uh, I knew that I wasn't making a, a wrong choice. And I knew that like, I was just going to be able to roll with the punches, whether for better or for worse, whatever was going to happen, I was going to find out and find and learn how to adapt to it. So I started working there. And for the past, so I've been now there for a little over a year and a couple months. But that first year of working there was a big transition. Like once I left the finance world, I was kind of doing a juggling act of multiple different things. I was working at the Post House, which is a restaurant in Old Village in Mount Pleasant. I was working there. I was um, working at the gym. I was coaching lacrosse for the at the club level. I was doing private lacrosse lessons. I started the podcast. I kind of had my hands in everything, and I knew that I was gonna be I was gonna be burnt out by doing that eventually. So I got to the point where I started to really see the potential and the opportunity within the personal training and the athletic performance space to where I fully committed to that. I just, I ended up working at like those other places and doing that for a year. And now I still am involved in coaching, but I was able to kind of really get my mindset to be specifically focused on growing my personal brand, being able to become a better trainer and teach these classes and learn how to become a better trainer at fast. I'm sure you can probably tell now I like to talk and I could ramble on about any given topic for hours, but that kind of hopefully gives you a good overview of where I started, where I'm at now. That was perfect. Um, I have a couple follow-up questions. So first, love Reggie. Yeah, mm -hmm. fast was like, when I left Charleston, it was like right when he got the building. Yeah. Um, so it's been really fun and it's been cool to see that grow I think he's so smart and like so knowledgeable and also so good at working with people so I think that's like the perfect person to learn from and then also 
um, he's fun to be around. So that's like a, a double whammy of someone to work with. But I'm kind of curious about like leaving the cross and obviously you didn't have the like senior night, like all the things that lead you yeah. into that transition of, okay, like this is done, like the rituals and how you think that's affected when you work with kids and you work with teams. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, it had a, it had a big impact on me because I think a lot of the times as athletes, you're and I'm sure you this is nothing new for you or you probably heard this from other athletes before, but a lot of the times your identity becomes that sport and it becomes what you do. And like so, for me, I didn't really know anything different. Like I think I had this timeline in my head of when I thought it was going to end. And for me, I didn't like all I was thinking about was that like, okay, after my four years here, when I'm done, like I'll graduate and then I'll be finished. But I think just like how life works in general, so many times there's different twists and turns and things that are thrown your way. So like the fact that like, I didn't know that the last time I was going to, you know, take my cleats off or play this sport at a competitive level was going to be like a practice that I had no idea was like, I, so one, so let me just explain this a little bit better. So the the fact that I n didn't know that my last day of playing was going to be like unexpected, like changed a lot for me. And then that allowed me to basically through the coaching that I'm doing now really instill in these players that like absolutely nothing is guaranteed and that tomorrow is never going to be here and tomorrow and yesterday already happened that like all you have right now is present moments and that life is just a series of present moments. So a lot of times now my perspective on everything is being fully engaged and focused in what I'm doing right now and in that present moment. And that's something I like to instill a lot of my athletes and the kids who I coach. Um, Cause I remember there were plenty of times up in Connecticut with it being so damn cold. There were times that we would have practice like 7 AM and I would be on the field stretching and it would just be like the worst experience ever. It'd be so yeah. cold. The ground would be so hard. And all I would be thinking about was like getting back down to Charleston and I think a lot of the times we get caught up in thinking ahead and especially as athletes, you have these goals or you have these visions. And so your thoughts are always ahead in the future and what's going to come. And so I think it was a big moment in my life where I was able to really shift my perspective to focusing on being way more in the present. I love that quote. The life is just a series of present moments. I'm a big quote person. I don't know if it was just growing up with my my dad used to say a lot of quotes or I'd read a lot of books and remember a lot of quotes, but quotes always kind of get me through a lot. That's actually why I have, so I have this tattoo. It's kind of hard to see on here. And it says, enjoy the ride. And it was actually like a, a quote that my grandfather used to always say, just enjoy the ride while it lasts. So growing up, like I used to always write like ETR, like enjoy the ride, like on my cleats, on my helmet, different things like that, because in those moments when I was on the field and it was just absolutely like freezing in the morning and there's snow everywhere, I would just remind myself to enjoy the ride because like I knew that I would eventually be in the position I am right now, like looking back on that and enjoy and wanting to enjoy that experience a little bit more. I know lacrosse, they have different professional leagues and yeah. did, was that ever an option or a thought for you? Not really. Um, I mean, look, as lacrosse is growing a ton now and you have different things now such as like the PLL the premier lacrosse league which is doing a lot of great things for the sport in terms of allowing more opportunities for people to continue to do use lacrosse as a profession um for me maybe it's just because I've always knew and envisioned myself as being a coach that I kind of understood that my time as a player was going to have you know was going to run out eventually um so like for me I know that like being a coach 
sometimes is going to, well, it is going to last longer than you ever being a player would. So for me, I think I was focused kind of more on that. I knew I was wanting to give back and I was ready to start like working with kids at the high school level and ho- helping them hopefully have the same experience that I did as they were able to get and play at the collegiate level. So for me, there, there wasn't as much like the options available for me, like for in lacrosse too, it's different where you kind of have to be at like the top of the top level of, of that division one like landscape just to have the opportunity to even be able to make really any sort of a living off of it because getting paid to play lacrosse is one thing. Then there's things such as like the sponsorships and all these other things that are basically necessary if you wanted to continue to actually be an athlete, especially in the lacrosse realm for a long time. So for me, that wasn't ever really anything I considered. I knew that lacrosse was a tool for me to be able to get a good education and to go somewhere that I never would have been able to get into or be able to afford to go to school. So for me, it was not like a means to an end. I enjoyed it all the time, like a lot, but I kind of knew and I was ready for that next stage in my life. Even though the ending came unexpected, I was still kind of, I think, ready for what was next. A lot of sports, it's pretty hard to find something that's sustainable. And I guess even then it only lasts like, okay, you go to play professional lacrosse or whatever, but it's going to be a few years, probably at most. And and then you just prolong the series the start of, of the second phase of your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you like living in Charleston now that you're kind of like settled in and have your your community? Yeah, I mean, I love it. I I think honestly, everyone who moves here does. I think that's part of the reason why everyone is moving to Charleston. Um, it seems like every day there's more and more people from all over the place that are showing up in my apartment or just that I, I see around town because Charleston is such a great spot to be in. Um, I mean, obviously the weather's great. Having access to the beach is great. I think being in a city like Charleston is perfect in terms of the size of the city. For me, I was never like a city, city person. Like I never wanted to go to school, like in, like in the inner city anywhere. Um, I kind of liked having a little more space and like freedom and stuff, but I love still some of those like city scenes and vibes, especially like when it comes to nightlife or during the day. And I think Charleston provides all that. Like you have obviously some, you know, great, food, great restaurants, great bars, um, great places to walk and just be outside. I think that's one thing I learned to appreciate when I was growing up in, in, in Charlotte and South of Charlotte, there wasn't like that much to do. Like looking back on it, I'm like, what did I even do in high school? We like would to go hang out, maybe like the target parking lot or go do things like there was not much to do, but in Charleston, I mean, the, there's endless possibilities in terms of being outdoors and just being out in a cool environment. So I love it being our, like our age and being able to live in a place like this right now is just like, it's it's a great spot to be. Was your whole class, what, did a, did any of them go back to like for their COVID year? Um, or did most of your teammates kind of disperse on that? Yeah, no, we had, so in my class, we had, I think, um, two that stayed back and like played in their, played in their extra year there. Um, I knew a lot of us like what we're ready to kind of get out and kind of start our own lives and start doing our own thing. So for the majority of us, we kind of got into the real world, went our separate ways, had a lot of people that uh, stayed around kind of that New York metropolitan area, like New York, Boston, um, had a buddy from Canada, Toronto, who's still back there. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I mean, I actually moved down with my roommate. Well, I, I knew I was going to be in Charleston, but my roommate who I'm currently living with, he hit me up one day before we graduated and was like, listen, he's like, I'm going to take a year off from like 
really getting started in my career. And I just want to like, kind of take a gap year, kind of have fun, like play golf. So I'm going to come down to Charleston. So that like one year turned into like now two, and now he's got a real estate job. And so now we'll see. What <laughs> now he's never leaving and you're stuck yeah. with him forever. Yeah. So we'll see. Is that something you'll talk about? I don't know. I guess I didn't realize in my situation was a lot different. Like I had, I had a fifth year, like I had multiple rituals and multiple things that like, you know, I graduated and had all that stuff. And so, but I still didn't realize how big of a transition and yeah. struggle, I guess it would be. I can, and I, I definitely considered going back. There was like some serious considerations going back because I had two years left of eligibility. Um, and I was like, this could be perfect. I could go to a grad school, like closer down South and stuff. And I looked at some other options and stuff to do that. But for me, it was one of those things where I kind of realized I was like the, not the, well, I guess that the cons that did outweigh the pros in terms of like, you know, I was like, anything could happen, like what happened with COVID again, like for all we know, we could be shut down again. Like I could have an, an injury that I wouldn't be able to play. Like I was trying to really step out of like my emotions and say, would I want to make this decision? Knowing that like, if some, if I wasn't playing lacrosse there, like, is this the right decision for my future and for school and stuff? Plus, like, even though I was able to have some money to go to Quinnipiac in school, like I still had student loans and stuff I had to pay back. And so it was yeah. like, I could go ahead and start now or, uh, or, you know, delay that a little bit longer. So I was ready to kind of get on with my life and start what I'm doing now. Obviously you had a lot of like new things, new job, job changes and all of that, but do you have any hobbies or things that you've learned how to do since being done playing? Yeah. I mean, gosh, that's actually, that's a great question because it seemed as though like lacrosse for me was like a job, but also like a hobby. Like I did enjoy it and love it so much, but now it's as funny as this sounds, I think, uh, my hobby now has become kind of more in the creation space. I think as my major, my major was in advertising and like integrated communication. So I was always like, for me, I knew that there was no way in hell that I was going to be doing a lot of math or science and things like that in college. Like no for me, I had to all be about like creation, working with people, working groups, working in teams and, and things like that. So I think like right now more of my hobby is about honestly more of like the business side of things now, like learning how to kind of create a brand, learning how to create a business. And I, I don't know, it sounds not as like cool to say, like, no. I mean, I love cooking. I've always like loved cooking. That's part of the reason why I worked at the post house was just because I love being around like chefs and being around that kitchen environment. So that's something that I think is going to be, has been taken up a notch now has been my cooking and chef skills so i do love doing that um your chef skills yeah what's uh what's your go-to like meal, meal that you make oh yeah nice I, meal like you're trying to impress oh, some people well so my nice meal also turns out to be a meal that i eat probably way too often and it's way too expensive to keep eating it but i love steak and like okay I you post a lot steak. of steak i know i'm so funny that you I'm said like, that this There's guy so this guy's eating steak every day for breakfast yeah. for lunch <laughs> for dinner. yeah so i i know i love steak and potatoes i kind of grew up <laughs> doing that my mom used to always cook kind of like meat and potatoes i it's funny enough like i do love like a lot of food and everything but i never really got into like italian food even though with my last name and i have some family that's italian never got into like just loving like pasta and spaghetti and lasagna and all that stuff now going to school up in connecticut was different because the Italian food up there was a little bit different than Charlotte. But overall, you know, you can't go wrong with like a steak and fries or potatoes. So oh. if I could have a meal, it'd either be that or chicken wings. 
chicken wings I, are good do that all honestly home team has some really good chicken wings yeah i think i'm going there tonight actually after one of my clients home team has fire wings really good wings home team is good tater tots wings there's honestly not very good chicken wings out here they're just like really expensive i was talking to my friend about this last night they're really expensive and they're like there's no meat on it mm-hmm. so you're paying to do a lot of work to like yeah. if you're hungry like so you can't have those wings um okay cooking that's awesome I guess too in college you probably you're living I guess in a dorm for a little bit like you don't cook the way you cook yeah now, so. yeah now when I we I ended up moving to an off-campus house my junior year and so for two years I lived in this massive like it was like a three-story big brick house I lived with I think it was probably only like four bedrooms and I lived with like eight guys. So oh, yeah. it was crazy. It was a whole, it was a, it was a zoo in itself. Trying to cook there was crazy too, because it's like, ha- the one thing I have learned about cooking is like when you have a clean and organized and nice area to cook in, it makes things so much easier. But as soon as you walk into the kitchen and you see dishes and everything, you're just like, I'm just going to order takeout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite memory from playing cross? Wow. Um, so actually my favorite memory of playing lacrosse probably would be, would actually not, wouldn't be in college. It would be in high school. So like where I grew up in Charlotte, like I said, lacrosse wasn't that big. My high school, especially when I started going there, wasn't a, uh, wasn't like a predominant lacrosse school at all in the area. Through the course of the four years that I was there, along with some of my other buddies and some of my friends that were my age that played at a at a younger level like I did because when I got into my high school our team was kind of filled with just like football players and other guys who played different sports that just kind of used it as like a joke just to go out and have fun and like it was just kind of a pretty toxic culture there but by the time I ended up graduating we won the state championship and we're like ranked like pretty highly in the southeast and stuff and I think my favorite memory was the last game I played in my senior year in high school like my dad was coaching both my brothers were on the team. I was like a senior leader at that point and being able to like win that, win the state championship and like do that for the first time for our school was like probably like, I knew for me, like no matter what happened in, in college, cause it was now going to become a job and like a business doing that at that level, that this was probably the most fun and most enjoyment I'll ever have with that sport. And I think that is one thing that I'm, I'm grateful of, like grateful for. And like, I'll always remember was like that last game I played in my high school year. So yeah. That's so special to be with your family too. It was awesome to have my dad like involved, both my brothers, my mom, my sister there in the crowd. It was cool. It was like kind of like the epitome of what you would kind of imagine like tapping off your experience in in high school and stuff was. Yeah. So definitely like, like it. definitely enjoyed that. But couple final questions. First one is what is your walkout song? Or what would your walkout song be of life? Take all the time you need. <laughs> oh let me think what is gosh can i flip the question to you because i'm sure you've thought about this what was what was your walkout song it uh it usually stays pretty consistent usually my answer is international players anthem so i used to work at the daily in charleston and um yeah that's a great spot. it's so good and i remember I was closing one night, not one night, it was one afternoon. And um, the guy I worked with, like, put on put on the song. And I don't, for some reason, I knew it, but I had downloaded it when I was in high school. And it was, like, from someone who burned a CD and gave it to me. So, it, like, didn't have a name on my iPod. And I knew every mm-hmm. word. And he was, like, 
why do you know this song? And also, like, why do you know every word? That is impressive, but a little bit scary. Yeah. And I felt, I was like, I feel pretty cool that I, I know this. Anyways, I just feel like I listened to it so much and I love it. It was always my song that I would drive to and from soccer. And that's my go-to. Yeah. And I had like, I have like so many, but I think one of the ones that I could say, because it just like always got me going. Like, I don't know if, because see the thing about me too, with music is like, I'm also the same person that can't listen to a song fully through. Like I'm changing it already after like (laughs) happened, but the song (laughs) I'm the man by 50 cent. You know, yeah, great song. Man, yeah, that that might be one of the songs. Like, if it comes on, like I'm ready to take action. Whatever it is, <laughs> doing something. And then this has honestly nothing to do with anything we've talked about, but I always just think it's fun. What is your hottest take? What is my I hottest take? I'm putting you on the spot. No, it's. A, I mean, again, like I mean, those are great questions. Hot takes. Gosh, it was so funny because we had a kid, a kid in our team, and and uh, that we lived with in that house where we used to always like just say he had the hottest takes in the world and everything he said we're like that is that is such a hot take on everything it's like what he was known for so that way he would have been the perfect person to ask this um geez what hot take um oh oh here's a hot take i don't know how to like say this like but ice like iced coffee like i think is by far better than regular hot coffee 100 percent and I will drink that like it's like even if it's is if I'm in Denver right now and it's outside and it's negative 10 degrees I'm getting a cold brew see I feel like you would say that living in Charleston I would say that when I live in Charleston but now your so fingers you, yeah. would get frozen into the cup it's so cold it's true. you know what the thing that pissed me off about hot coffee was that like I like to like I would like drink it like over the period like of some time like i wouldn't just chug it down right away hot coffee like if i didn't drink it right away it just got like cold and i hated cold hot coffee if that makes sense that's fair can you but i love like iced coffee and cold brew what about like you're at a diner and they're filling you up yeah no that is true that 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 is an exception like if i'm like if i have like a pot of coffee that i'm pouring multiple times like i'll definitely do it but whenever i'm out i'm always ordering iced coffee i probably drink as much coffee as i do water which is not that's not probably the best thing at all. Honestly, same. And we actually just got a frother, that it, but it's the one that makes it cold or hot. It's like oh, cold wow. foam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That got big. My mom loved that stuff too, the cold foam and everything. But I'm actually it's doing so on my Instagram, I'm doing a coffee series now where I go around to different coffee shops around oh, the city. Yeah. And I post, so I actually have one coming out on Friday. So sneak peek, have we have been to Harbinger? Oh, Harbinger yeah. is so good. Harbinger has really good food as well. So you should go hungry. Oh yeah, I'm always in need of coffee. <laughs> I go hungry everywhere. Well, this was awesome. Thank you for like hopping on. I'm excited to see you in like two weeks. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm definitely going to, I'll definitely hit you up. I'm going to be, yep, going out there right after Valentine's Day, 15th, so February 15th and 19th. My first, my first experience of Colorado. So I'm so pumped. Oh, I hope it snows for you. Thank you again. Sorry about my internet. No, Bye. you're good. You're good. Honestly, I think it went as smooth as it could have gone. And you're crushing it, doing what you're doing with the resources, what you have available and doing it solo. Trust me, speaking from someone that like has done it like and had three or four other people involved with doing it, it still is a headache. So props to you. Keep it up. I appreciate that. All right. Bye, Hunter. Bye.